Hello, and welcome to Canada Reads American Style. I'm Shauna. And I'm Rebecca. You may remember, if you've been listening to us consistently, that we decided to do for the fall going into the new year, we are doing a love and laughter series. Back in no September, we read Aisha at Last. And now that it is October, we are reading The Switch by Lindsay Sands. So September and October were our romances, our love stories. And then in uh, November and December, we'll have some humorous books to read. But today we're going to be talking about The Switch by Lindsay Sands. Yeah, and you know what? It's interesting that you say that because when we talk about October in the United States, we are doing Halloween right now. And this book is actually about people wearing disguises. (laughs) How ironic. That is true. I hadn't thought about that. We are going to keep this short and sweet, realizing that many of our listeners are not romance readers. And I really appreciate Rebecca giving me this chance for us to break up the <clears throat> kind of monotony of the <laughs> the dark, darker literature that we read on uh, For Canada Reads purposes. So now Rebecca was a very kind soul and did read through this book as well as Aisha at last. And I am happy that we are moving on to a couple of laughter books so that she can start enjoying herself a little more too. Well, I I do want to be clear that, uh, and if anyone's listened to the previous, you know, I did read romances when I was a lot younger. I'm much older now and I just don't, they're just not my genre anymore. But, you know, it's interesting because a lot of the people who I think may listen to us because of all of our Canada Reads titles. I agree with you, Shauna. They're probably not necessarily romance readers, but on Bookstagram, the romance readers are in loud voice. They're passionate about their genre. They present some of the most interesting titles and reviews. Uh, so we, so I really don't, sincerely, I don't want to you know, diss anybody's genre. That's the great thing about reading is there is a book for everyone and everyone for a book. So it's really critical that we, that I, even though sometimes I make, well, okay, I often make fun of romances. (laughs) (laughs) I know that they wouldn't exist in the world if there weren't billions of readers of them. So I do respect the genre and I respect the readers who read them. But also, you know, and Shauna thanks me for reading it reading both of these romances, again, going back, we decided to do this series because Sean has been a real trooper in reading all those dark stories <laughs> <laughs> that Kennedy puts out that I prefer, actually. And uh, But anyway, uh, so that's why we're doing this. So I am going to let Shauna probably do most of the talking today, which is also unusual because I am usually 90% of it, I think. So uh, you're going to hear Shauna's voice way more today, I think. But the so I'm going to ask the questions. So the first thing I want to ask Shauna is because this book was on her bookshelf, and as we know, Shauna very rarely buys books because we work in a library, and I agree with her. We mostly just check out our books from the library versus buying them ourselves, unlike probably most people on Bookstagram. So my first question for you, Shauna, is: Have you read any of Lindsay Sands books to date. 
be prior to the switch, had you read any of her books? I don't think I have because I am not a serial author, meaning I don't typically read a lot of the same author. Uh, so if say that you really enjoyed Clive Cussler or uh, James Patterson, I'm not going to, I'm not one of those readers who is going to go out and get every single book that one author has written. I really, really enjoy reading new authors or authors I may not have heard of. And I don't typically read things in series, which is another reason why I love romances is they can be all set in or around certain families or time periods, but I don't have to read them in order in order to get the gist of the story. I can enjoy that particular story for what it's meant to be. Yeah, and I remember when I was younger and reading uh, romances, they would have, there would be books like, let's say a, a couple might have friends or family members, and then they would write a spinoff of those characters as well. And so I didn't, I didn't tend to read those necessarily. I always would look at the story specifically to say, is that a story, a romance that I want to read versus like reading all in a, in a series of romances where the people are interconnected in some way. So I kind of felt the same way. Now, having said that though, why did you buy this specific title? Why was it on your shelf? So I, I bought this title because it talks about a female needing to take on male tendencies in order to save herself and her family. And I really, I grew up with the mindset that, you know, women can do anything. And to v see that portrayed in a time period in which women are considered property or considered just like a person that hangs on your arm, a piece of jewelry for a man, to see her, the main character, have to step up in order to save herself and her sister, I was really curious to see how the author would make that work and if it would come off as authentic or not. And I think Lindsay Sands actually does a fabulous job of not writing this character becoming a male persona, but writing this character in the sense of knowing that she's doing this for survival. You know, we should back up a little bit and just kind of go over the basic time period and location, too, so that people understand what we're talking about. Yeah, so this book is taking place in, oh gosh, I was hoping that it would give a time period at the very first chapter, like a lot of these. <laughs> I think it's, I think it, it feels like it's the 1800, or the 1700s. Yeah, 17, I would say definitely 17 or early 1800s, and this is taking place in London. These two girls are secluded in the country by their family, and they are running away from an uncle that wants to marry them off for money. And they, they're twins. One goes by Charlie, and the other one goes by Beth. And they are trying to get to their cousin's house so that they can get 
to safety. Well, um, Charlie takes on the persona of dressing as a man so that they could go into inns and not have anybody bother them. And that's when they run into the male protagonist who ends up kind of saving them by saying, well, why don't you come be with me in London? You could pretend to be my cousins and we will we'll figure out how to get you the help that you need. And Lord Radcliffe doesn't necessarily get right off the bat that Charlie is a woman and uh, they seem to fool everybody in the eyes of the ton. So it's interesting when you get near the three quarters of the way through the book and that the ton finds out that she's a woman. Actually, the ton doesn't find out. The They hide it very well, or at least Lindsay Sands makes it seem like they hide it well from the ton. Yeah. So I don't know if that's enough of a an overview for you, Rebecca, in regards to your questions, as I'm not exactly sure what your questions are, because I don't want to give away too much if your questions are going to ask for more later. No, no, I think that's fine. I think we just needed to kind of describe it. We probably should have done that up front, but we didn't. So that that gives a good explanation of the book. And of course, it the title of it is called The Switch. And so the two sisters basically have the ability to switch back to be to appear to be male and female uh to protect themselves and get to the lifestyle or the lives that they want to live. So my next question though is did you believe that the characters were developed fully to your liking like primary and secondary characters? Probably not in regards to the secondary characters are not developed uh, very much, especially, you know, we just talked to Wayne Arthurson and he develops his char- his secondary characters so well. So I would say the secondary characters are definitely not the case, uh, especially in regards to near the end. There's this point in which Charlie runs off to meet with the blackmailer and the blackmailer ends up being somebody who is related to Lord Radcliffe. And at first, I was very confused because I'm like, how, where in the world did this person come from? And I listened to the audiobook, so I thought, did I miss something? <laughs> so I had to just kind of roll with it in regards to, like, I wasn't going to go back and try and figure out who this person was since uh, Rebecca had the book and I was listening to the audio. So in regards to the secondary characters, definitely. Now, when it comes to the primary characters, I think... For how long or how big this book is, she probably could have developed more into Lord Radcliffe, especially because we get a lot from the two female main characters, the sisters. But with Lord Radcliffe being the main male character in the story, there's no explanation why as to like his feelings or thoughts are about after they get married and how he like, cause he changes his perception and how he's treating uh, Charlie. He's, he's no longer asking her opinion about financial matters or other matters of business in which she was doing when she was a boy or a man. Uh, and she thought, you know, why is this so different? 
if I'm wearing breeches or not. And I just kind of wish that Lindsay Sands would have delved deeper into Radcliffe's perspective instead of just kind of like brushing it off near the end. But, you know, this book is quite large. It's almost 400 pages. And I can see where you you get to a point in which you're trying to rush to finish the book because after a certain point, is your story worth talking about anymore? I wonder. And I think that's where, as we learned from Wayne Arthurson's interview on YouTube with us, that editors are really important to keep the storyline engaging for the reader. Yeah, I would say this book is way too long for the story that it tells, in my opinion, because when I, at one point, when I was at a hundred, I was at page 160 and I was like, oh good, I only have a hundred pages to go. And then I was like, oh crap, it's 360 pages. <laughs> so I had 200 more pages to go. I wasn't even halfway through. And I thought, well, strike me down with a feather. I really, I was just like, oh my God. But no, I, I think you make a really good point. And, and this is the story I would have appreciated from a, it, it being a romance. That was, a, that was actually a really interesting part. When they eventually get married, he starts treating her differently. When she was dressed as a boy, he took her place. Of course, he didn't know she was a female, but he took her places. He had a different experience with her, which is what, you know, and then he was developing feelings for him, even though he was a boy and he was kind of confused by that. But he had this connection to the boy or to Charlie. And then, of course, Charlie was developing feelings for him because of who he was and, and all the sort of adventures they had, they shared together. But I really thought that was fascinating that she ends up saying to him, you know, you treat me differently now that I'm not a boy or don't dress like a, a boy. You treat me differently. And he he went he changed too rapidly for me. He's like, Oh, I'm sorry. And then he sort of changed, but you know, that could have been, that could have been a great romance to have explored, have them go through that sort of stuff, that switching stuff at the beginning, but then to explore their relationship and really delve into that. Now that would have been a fascinating book to me. I would have, I would have really enjoyed that. But for me, it was too, it was just really slapstick humor. And I don't, I've never, I mean, I love the Three Stooges, don't get me wrong, but slapstick humor reading it is not necessarily something that appeals to me. And so I think this book could have been a completely different story if she had done that, you know, got kind of gone in that direction. And also, I think, I agree with you. I don't think he was very well developed because what I wanted to know was, and maybe, this was never going to happen, but I wanted to know how in the world did he get fooled <laughs> by, because not only does she switch and she's a playing, you know, the part of a boy, her sister then starts to switch because she and her sister switch places because her sister wants that experience. And Charlie wants to kind of be that, you know, female person who's attracting him. And I just thought, really seriously, he just can't see the difference and nobody did. I don't know. So for me, it was a little bit too slapstick, but I think there were elements of the story that could have been told that would have grabbed the sort of the non-romance reader. I would have, that would have been fascinating to me at that perspective. Yeah. Well, you know, I wonder if it's more an aspect of him being not naive, but him being so good hearted that he, he 
thinks it's like good intentions for everything because you know he he saves the girls and puts them up in his house and calls them their calls them his cousins and then throughout the story he's finding himself helping wayward souls so to speak so some puppies that are supposed to be put to death or but wait though the only reason though that would not have he wouldn't he would not have done that if it weren't for the women you know the two sisters because they were the ones that had that real empathetic always wanting to help someone out and he just sort of ended up playing along i think i mean i think he was see this is the thing i i guess i want a really strong male character and he was a little soft around the edges for me like he was i don't want to say a namby pamby kind of weak male character but but that's kind of how i thought of him he i, I he let's put it this way he wouldn't have appealed to me he just no he wouldn't have appealed no, to me the namby pamby yeah you've heard that phrase before yeah. right <laughs> yeah well that's what i'm saying he was very namby pamby to me i just didn't he i again if i if i want a romance i I want a strong male character. I want a strong female character and I want a strong male character. And he was just too soft and weak for me. I can see that. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So my next question though, kind of leads into that a little bit, which is, did you think there was chemistry between the two main characters? And I'm talking chemistry between the two. Mm, it doesn't build up the same way in other books. So, this one seems to be very soft and it doesn't, it's not explosive like some stories can be. Like, it doesn't seem to be teasing enough in regards to like, he's more questioning his kind of manhood just because he's like, oh, you know, am I attracted to a man? Instead of when Charlie is dressed as a girl. I don't feel like even that's very explosive either. Uh, there's not, there doesn't seem to be as much teasing or kind of like foreplay. Because sometimes in these books, especially for Victorian England, they will go out into the garden and do like little kisses, or they will go into like a, a corner of the ballroom and and do those types of things. I I'm not. I don't think they ever had these those types of opportunities in this book. So it was kind of like a very soft introduction to, oh, hey, I think I like this person. And then when they actually do do it, it seemed a little flat, I guess. Yeah, I agree. One of the things that you told me while you were reading the book, because you were ahead of me reading the book, you loved the humor of it. Like you loved that. I like I refer to it as sort of slapstick humor, like the switching characters and just the like the silliness of it all. And I went back and looked at a lot of reviews online and the people who loved it, who gave it four and five stars. That is absolutely the number one thing they loved was all the humor. But now my question is, so do you think you would have liked this book without the humor? No, I the humor definitely made this book cuz since I was listening to the audiobook, I remember laughing out loud so much uh just because some of the things that happened, I was just surprised that the 
the narrator was able to keep a straight face slash voice in saying the things that they needed to say <laughs> to tell the story. So, but I don't think it would have, if it was darker, like if it was someone who was after her to kill her and her sister, it might have had a better, uh, like storyline for that but since it's just her uncle that she's trying to get away from and and like the two girls are trying to get away from marrying two old geezers who are rich and the uncle is selling them off to these old geezers so <laughs> you know if it was a little darker i think it would have been fine but since it's you know not it's not the end of the world uh, in fact, one of the guys, once he found out that he had married the wrong person, he keeled over and died. So they could have, like, just married the guy, stayed away from him, like, not try to consummate the, the marriage, and he probably would have died of some heart attack if she shocked him enough. See, this is a good point. They were all Namby Pamby characters. <laughs> 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 there weren't any really, I mean, there weren't any characters for me that stood out in a way that made this you know a good read and like i said the con the the point that you made about how he changed his behavior with her based on how she looked that was a really fascinating part of the story mm. and i think that would have made it really great for me so all right now we've come to the point is there anything else you want to say about it before we give it our rating of maple leaves yeah, so there there is one thing I want to say. This book does go outside the norm of typical Regency romance, especially in regards to it does have quite a bit. It doesn't end right after marriage. It does have few chapters after marriage. And the female character that uh Charlie she refuses to marry the main character and he has to wait an entire year for them to, in the eyes of the ton, truly get married because she will not have him even though she's carrying his child. So it it is worth a read in regards to if you enjoy reading Regency romance or historical romance, and you want something that's out of the cookie-cutter norm for that area, I would definitely recommend this book in that, because I was very surprised by those measures. Yeah, I agree with you. That was that was definitely different. Yeah, I agree. Okay, are we ready to give it our score of Maple Leafs then? Yes. Okay, I get to go first because... <laughs> mine's going to be an obvious one. So on Goodreads, I did actually put it on there that I had read it. And if I could have given it zero stars, I would have given it zero stars because I really did not like it. I gave it one. But because I will, I will say this, I do, I don't, I don't really read romances very much. But 
this was a little, this was that the reason I don't care for them. It's very formulaic. Although there are some things that you point out that are unique about it, which I agree with you at the end. Usually a romance ends after they get married or whatever. So it does beyond, go beyond that. And I like that. That was interesting. But for me, it's still too formulaic. Like that's what I don't like about romances is I know when I start the book, I know basically how it's going to end. They live happily ever after. And that's what I don't like. Because when I start a book, I want to, sometimes it'll go the way I think it might go. And sometimes it'll shock the crap out of me and it'll go in a completely different direction. And I'm, and I'm like, wow, can't imagine that. Didn't see that coming. But with a romance, you know, it's pretty much, they lived happily ever after and they're together. So that's why I just, I need a little more oomph in my story. I need a little more surprise, perhaps, on some level. So I give it one. How many maple leaves do you give it? The <laughs> Switch by Lindsay Sands. I gave it five because I also gave it five in Goodreads. I would, just like I said before, it's not your typical Regency romance. And I really enjoyed that. I also enjoyed the humor in this a ton. And I find that there isn't enough humor in romance sometimes because let's make, let's be real. We humans make fools of ourselves in love all the time. So, uh, you know, you need to pull up your big girl panties and laugh about it sometimes. So I really, I love the fact that it was different enough from Formulaic's romance for me and that it had humor that I appreciated. We are concluding now our review of The Switch, and we, are, we just kind of want to mention, too, that for November, we will be reading The Woefield Poultry Collective by Susan Juby, and some of our bookstagram friends have read it, and this was a book I really thought was, we picked it to be because we wanted a book that we, would be funny, but we are hearing it is not funny from some people's perspective. So I really look forward to reading it and to see if uh, I have a warped sense of humor or I have an inappropriate sense of humor <laughs> because from what I'm hearing, there are some issues with this title. But that's what's, again, great about reading is everybody has their opinion and um, they, they uh, vary widely. Let's put it that way. And with that, we want to thank you for listening. If you'd like us to continue providing great content like this, subscribe and tell all your friends about Canada Reads American Style. Goodbye.